All right, and we are live. EJ and Jeff here of the USDN. We are here on a Tuesday on a very special episode of USDN Presents the Interview Series, Episode 2, with comic book artist and illustrator Drew Moss. Yeah, it's an exciting night. So welcome, everyone, to the United States Department of Nerds, where we are for the people, by the people, and of the people. Here at USDN, we always strive to bring you the best content we can find and where you know it will always come with the USDN seal of approval. Yes, sir. We'll always strive to give you the you factual data. Uh, and if it's a rumor, we'll always preface with a rumor, like say rumor alert, let you know it's the freshest info we have on that rumor. However, once the rumors are proven to be true, you can bet your money here at USDN will be on it and give it the stamp of approval, the USDN's seal of approval. All right, and with that, let's rock out to this intro. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, after that intense intro, Drew Moss, everybody. Hello. Drew, how are you doing tonight? I am wonderful. I am amazing. Well, we know those things. We know those things. Oh, how are you guys? Appreciative. Good to have you here. Oh, great to be here. All right. Well, I'd like to toast to the artist who brings our heroes to life in the pages of comic books. Uh, traditions can't be broken, and uh, I'm going to toast tonight with a little wild turkey. And I got uh, my my agua de limon. All right, that sounds, sounds tough. Take it easy there, Jeff. I have some sazerac. All right. I don't know what that is, Here's but it sounds that. intense. It's a rye. Oh, oh my goodness, that was a mistake. That's pretty good. Oh. All right. Well, that gets you loose. <laughs> so, everybody, you can see what Drew is currently doing for us. And that you know, may very well be going home with somebody at the end of the night. Not this one. Not I am going to start one fresh. You're going to um, start one is, fresh for us? Yes. That, because this is, uh, this is uh, the character I created for Gargoyle. Well, I, I created her design. I didn't create the character. Okay. She is Hudson's daughter. Very nice. Interesting. So, oh, I drew the wrong person. I wasn't supposed to draw Hudson's daughter. I also designed Hudson's wife. Um, that's who I was supposed to draw. Well, then this may very well go home with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is already insider info, huh? As far as getting exactly. some knowledge about new characters. Yeah, this, uh, 
totally drew the wrong person. Oh, well. It happens to the best of us, Drew. <laughs> yeah. So the stick uh, figures, I draw the wrong stick figures sometimes, but only I know. So yeah, we seen your stick figures, EJ, all <laughs> over the freaking urinals at the bathrooms. There you go. <laughs> That's a, yeah, they're all different. I, I hate public restrooms. They're horrible. Well, you don't want to visit them after EJ's been there. No, no. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> so Drew, let's 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 jump right on into this. I, I know we may have a few questions from the audience, and we're going to save those toward the end of this. But my first question to you is: A, how did you get into the industry, and kind of like what pathway did you end up going to get to where you are today? Um. Well, at the beginning, uh, like I'm I'm not going to count when I started. Because I my first books uh, I did one in two thousand four and that same year I also did Gene Simmons House of Horrors, um, but uh, I would say my comic career like full time comic career started about eleven years ago um, because I was working IT work uh, for a behavioral services company um, and drawing comics. And then 11 years ago is when I went full-time freelance. Um, I got my first uh, mini-series called The Colonized, which I did with uh, Chris Ryle. He was, at the time, editor-in-chief, COO of uh, IDW. Um, so but, real quick, for those who don't know who IDW is, they created, or they didn't create, but they published the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They were also producing Transformers and G.I. Joe. Yeah, all the Hasbro stuff. All the Hasbro yes. stuff was pretty much. Yeah. Correct. Well, recently, well, we got to put it out there because recently Image and I think it's Sky something. Skybound. Skybound. Skybound now holds Transformers and G.I. Joe. And they're doing an amazing job. That's um, I am hyped. I'm already on the, the list to get those from Scott, actually. Yeah. Um, but I got hooked up with him because, uh, you know, I was working hard trying to break in. I got those two jobs in 2004 and spotty jobs here and there, but nothing ever consistent. So I was working one day and on my instant messenger, uh, my friend Mike Exner popped up and he goes, hey, man, how much would you pay? To get your stuff looked at by the editor in chief of IDW, and I was like, "I'm broke, <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> I wouldn't pay a dime." And he goes, "Well, you paid a hundred bucks." And I was like, "What?" And he had uh, he had done a Kickstarter reward for a hundred dollars to get um, a portfolio review from Chris Ryle, uh, but he put my name in, um, okay. which was the thing that started everything. I always love him for that. Like, yeah. I told him awesome. a million times. Uh, we don't talk that much anymore, but like, I'll never forget that. Like, it's, uh, um, he changed my life because I got an email about six months later. Um, that is definitely a friend. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, and six months later, Chris Ryle emailed me. It wasn't just me. It was like 10 other people. And he goes, hey, um, on my, um, I'm on my way to Chile. Send me your stuff so I have something to look at on the plane. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what everybody else replied, but I was like, I was having a baby. 
Not me. My wife was having a baby. <laughs> You'd be world famous. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, doing we got other stuff we need to talk about here, Drew, if that was the case. But um, so I told him in the email, I was like, hey, man, I don't know how, like, how busy you are. I'm sure you're busier than me. Um, I'm having a baby, so don't worry about me. You can look at my stuff when you get back. Um, and then he emailed me almost immediately and he was like, who are you? And I said, I'm Drew and, uh, I'm having a baby. And, and he goes, send me your stuff right now. I want to look at it. I don't know why he did that. I still don't know why I've talked to him and I've never asked him why. Um, but I did, I sent it to him and he goes, wow, you're pretty good. Do you want a job? And I said, Sure. So he gave me a pinup and I did that pinup in like two hours. Oh, wow. And he goes, damn, you're fast. Would you like to do a story with me for image? It's the only thing I've ever done that wasn't for IDW. And I was like, yeah. And I did that with him. Um, at that point, Cullen, I don't know who, if you guys know who Cullen Bunn is. Um, the name is familiar. I probably Deadpool have some of his Marvel books Universe. in my collection. He did X Men for a while. He's done a okay. lot of books. Look, you then, look yeah, up I, I probably got a few of his books in my boxes somewhere. Well, he contacted me because I had done this short story with him, and he goes, "Hey, I got this mini series I'd like to do called Terrible Lizard. Would you do it with me?" And I was like, "Yes." So I was writing an email to Chris Ryan telling him, "Hey, man, I just got a, my first mini deal. Uh, you know, if it would it would have never gotten it if it wasn't for you, like you." did so much for me. I just want to tell you, thank you. And then he emailed me back and said, I'm on vacation, but I was going to offer you a mini series too. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> I, did I did two at the same time. Uh, uh, a terrible lizard in the colonized with Chris. Um, and then uh, I got another job with another company. Yes. Venomverse guy, that guy. There you go. Hey, he's watching. Um, That's good. Um, so, I did both those books and then I got all these, it's like a snowball that people don't realize. Well, I don't, I tell people all the time, like it's a snow comics is a snowball. It starts off small. Um, and then if you do the work, it just, it just gets bigger and bigger. And, but it, the, the thing is it intensifies in speed, like then So jobs just started coming in like crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was word in Disney spread, world. Huh? It's like a wildfire. Your word spreads. I mean, is the industry pretty small like that? So, I mean, it is. Chris and stuff, your name got, you know, spread around pretty fast. Your name and work. Yeah, yeah. It's not that big. The 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 uh, comics industry is very small, but it's it's bigger than it's ever been, if that makes sense. But it's still small. Um, there's not a lot of full-timers. You would be surprised how many people don't do it full-time, but they're, like, big names. Uh, so... After that, I was at Disney World, and I got a big job opportunity, and I was with my wife, and I was still working IT, and I go, man, um, I just got this job, but I want to do it, but there's no way I can do that, and I had just gotten a crow. I was doing a crow book. Yeah. Um, I, I would – Scott currently has a crow one sitting at the shop that I'll watch Oh, yeah, so James bad. is an awesome dude. Uh, and that's like a twelve hundred dollar book, and I just can't bring myself to put no, the money I, down I for it. I. 
to be honest. <laughs> I got the Omnibus. I will. I settled for yeah. the Omnibus, and I'm happy with it. I love it. It's a good like read. I still, I've got the first trade from like the 90s by Kitchen Sink Press. That's like uh, a $1,200 book. Well, my wife, I was telling my wife about this, and she goes, well, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I'm going to turn it down. And she goes, why? You've been killing yourself for 10, like, at that time, it had been like, yeah, about almost 10 years of doing like small comic jobs. And, you know, what was it all for? What were the late nights yeah. for? What was all that for if you're not going to follow through? So I was like, well, then I guess I'll quit. And I went, I got back, I went to work in shorts and a tan, <laughs> threw my keys on the table and went, I quit. Have a good yeah. life. Um, best day of my life and also the most terrifying. Uh, oh, I bet. Yeah, but it feels I like all your stability and every all your legs were just like all of a sudden just whacked out from underneath you. Oh yeah, that and like the great health coverage. It was yeah. I mean, you start worked... questioning all the this, this is the decision weighed correctly, you know. But I mean, as much effort saying that you were doing two series at once, you know. I mean, it showed where your passion lies, and passion sometimes is way more important than you know health coverage and stuff. You'll get to that. You know what I mean? But finding yeah. something that you can love, that's awesome. It it was. And, it, you know, there are times, like any job, it's it's a horror show. Um, mm. Not everybody's rainbows and unicorns. But I would say most people are, are wonderful. Um, I don't I, I don't really have. I, yeah, they're just great. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that was my first foray in the comics and it just like within six or seven months just everything went crazy and i just quit my job and started doing comics um i had a lot of misconceptions on how what comics was uh i made a lot of mistakes um but uh yeah i don't know it it, it i i still want to atone for my mistakes and i'm still making up I'm still making mistakes now and trying to be better. Um, so yeah, uh, that's how I got into comics. <laughs> I felt like I rambled on for like 20 minutes. No, I mean we're yeah, we're here to showcase you and yeah, exactly, and bring you to our audience and hopefully get them to go buy some books. To go yeah, well, support their local I mean, comic book shops because that's yeah. my big that's my my milk yeah, crate just i guess definitely always throwing that out as you know uh info at the end a little hint or you know i guess a, a word of advice but no actually having you here what you feel like be ranting on is for a little while that that could be helping anyone who's listening or anyone who ends up watching yeah. that might be interested you know and go or they might be at that that point you know do i do i throw all in on this and go after what I, I dream about. And you're showing them proof that if you are passionate and dedicated and you have the talent, you can do it. Well, see, now I agree with that, but then I've also convinced people uh, not to pursue it. Just, I mean, okay, to explain myself, there was this person who was sent to me. He wanted to go to the Cubit school, which is a very expensive school. Um, I wasn't deterring education because education is always a benefit. Uh, benefits some more than others, but it's a benefit. Um, but he was about to have a baby. Mm. 
Um, very young man. He's like 20 years old. And I was like, is your wife ready for that? Yeah. Like, because that school is intense. It's a, like you're having a baby. You're not going to be there for that. Like, yeah. if you want to pass in school, you're just not going to be there. Is your mm -hmm. wife willing to make that sacrifice as you are? Like, is she that willing? Like, you really, and plus the money involved when you're just having a baby, like, you you have a job here. The school's in New Jersey. So yeah. you have to get another job. You have to raise a baby, and you want to do this? Like, yeah. I'm all for support, but, like, I also don't want your family to fall apart. So, like. Yeah. That's intense. But well, this feasible, is it's got to be feasible. I mean, you, you know, you, Baby on the way for anyone is something that really tip the scales on holding on a dream and you know putting it. Don't get rid of it, but I mean you know no. place it on hold for a bit. You know, there's still time. You're in your twenties. Yeah, I didn't break into comics till I was thirty six. There you go. So like, it, it's well, I told him to make the decision, and then you know maybe a month later he came back and he's like, dude, you were right. Like I just had my baby. I don't know how I would have been able to do that. Like, and I was like, yeah. well, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not, I haven't told you guy, but I think you made the right decision. Like, and still grow as an artist, do what you want to do, but like, like be a father first. Like, cause that's going to benefit you better in life. Well, not better. Uh, mm. uh, it'll benefit you more in life and help your career because you'll be a stronger person because you'll have a good support system. You'll have a family. Like yeah. don't, don't neglect your children. Like <laughs> That's a forever thing. You know, your children are forever. Your career is, you know, temporary. I mean, it's basically something you love, but it's still only part of your life. Whereas they are your life. I mean, anyone who has children kind of probably feels that or exactly. Like it, it's tough, man, it, to commit to your craft. Um, I mean, I've been told my whole life I couldn't do this. Like, from the beginning, uh, I even had a coworker tell me, like, he, what did he say to me? He said, uh, who do you know from here has done that? And this was, like, in the 90s. And I was like, nobody. <laughs> He's like, exactly. So why you? And I was like, well, I'm going to be the first. I wasn't the first, but I truly believed I couldn't give up. Like, um, mm -hmm. I made a promise to my grandfather that I, I – I had to keep, um, and I don't know. It, it, I don't give up a lot, but uh, I feel like this is a TED talk. Is this a TED talk? <laughs> hey, it, it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We're we're gonna ask questions, and you're you're gonna give your spill, and we're here to listen to what you're putting down for us. Exactly. Plus, we're enjoying watching you work. That's yeah, I'm sitting here in awe watching like shapes yeah. come into form. Um, this is easy stuff. <laughs> the hard... <laughs> um, well, Drew, I have a question for you, if I might. Sure. Okay, so can you tell us uh, what books and characters you have worked on that people, I mean, besides what you've already mentioned as far as coming into the industry, is there anything that people would, you know, stand out with people through Image, Dark Horse, Dynamite, um, anything that's your favorites? I did um, uh, 
Well, Terrible Lizard was a, a book I did with Colin. Um, I did Star Wars Adventures. I've done Mask. Remember that old 80s cartoon? Yes. I actually ended the series. Um, mm-hmm. I got actually just seen editor. one of those sell for like 200. Oh, like a CGC and, uh, like 9.2, I think it was. Um, what else? I don't know. I've done a lot of things. I did the uh, one of the Crow series. Um, of course, Gargoyles. Um, I did uh, Copperhead for Image Comics. Copperhead was a good one. Um, I think I have I did, the issue one of it somewhere. Yeah, I did issues 11 to 20, I think. Yeah. So I did half What's of your it. favorite then, Drew? Um, my favorite. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, I really like doing Copperhead. Copperhead. What's um, your favorite to draw? I mean, over even if it's not a series you've handled before, someone mentioned they'd like to know what one of your favorite characters to draw is, even if it's just you know just for fun. I don't know. You see, that's the thing. I don't really. I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't get to draw for fun much. Um, <laughs> I do enjoy drawing the gargoyles, but I, I I draw like the the exaggerated forms. I like doing those. Um, I'm not a huge sci-fi guy, but for some reason, I like drawing that type of thing. Uh, like I, when I did Copperhead, like I didn't really think it was something. Oh, I did Vampirilla and Red Sonia. I really like drawing that. So um, I have like the last three runs, I think, from start to finish of Vampirella versus Red Sonia. Is yeah, it I did, uh, the fantasy aspect or the? Yeah, it's, it's like just... fantasy sci-fi mixed together. You think uh, old Dracula movie meets Conan, Conan the Barbarian? Barbarian yeah, yeah. Okay. I got it. Because I've seen some Red Sonia. I didn't know there was a crossover. You know, yeah, I did a Red uh, Vampirilla, not versus, but the one before that, Red uh, Vampirilla, Red Sonia. It was um, where they worked together. Oh, yeah, I got uh, yeah the collab they did. Yeah, it's like twelve issues. I did all twelve issues. Uh, Actually, I actually think I got that in a box sitting next to me. Like it's mm-hmm. like it, my editor was like, "Wow, you did all twelve of those," and <laughs> that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, yeah, most people just do like five issues or something, and then they they go away. Um, I don't know. I really enjoy drawing. Like I'm, I like being surprised. Um, like when I get a commission and somebody's like, "Do this." And I'm like, man, I've never drawn that. Mm. And then it becomes like I just drew this spider punk thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so I we, really enjoyed seeing that spider punk up on your site. And yeah, like, it, that was really cool. I did. Then that was for an auction. Like that was for free. Uh, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, well, you can't see that. But no, that, that it, it comes that, through pretty good. Willie's like, how much for that? <laughs> well, that thing went. Um, how much did it go for at auction? I think seven fifty or nine fifty, something like that. Wow! But uh, I ch- something like that that if I were to charge somebody it would be really? about three hundred and fifty dollars, four hundred. Really seriously, like I got Zelle, PayPal, Cash Out, what you want. <laughs> but yeah, the I like um, I like being surprised. Uh, yeah. Um. I enjoy drawing the spider people, all the venom people, uh, X Men. I really don't draw a lot of DC people, but I should. 
I draw Hellboy a lot. I'm a um, big fan of Hellboy. I get commissioned a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. what do you think about that new uh, Hellboy? Like the uh, what is it, Hellboy uh, robot or? Oh, like, I'm so uh, excited! Hellboy. I'm looking uh, forward to that one. He's my favorite dropping. Hellboy artist, uh, Duncan Fregredo. Yeah, yeah, um, that's the one. He is. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite artists. I actually own some of his his prints, and I've got some stuff autographed, and I've got some pencil drawings from him. Uh, like he's one of my favorite, but here, I'll show you something. This is one of my friends. He did this for me for my birthday. Uh, his name is Louis LaRosa. Um, check that out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Look at that thing. I love um, that. I love the perspective on it. That's great. You should look up his stuff. Louis is, uh, Louis is like is one really of my cool. favorite people. Uh, this is my most cherished piece of art. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. Uh, so Drew, like, we uh, have a we have a question here from uh Kelvin. He wants to know how did it feel knowing that you were going to be a part in bringing the gargoyle story back to the fans. Um to be honest, like I'm going to be real with you. At first, it was just a job. Uh because like I said, I was I think I told you guys this off camera, but I was a freshman in college when that came out. So mm -hmm. it just wasn't in my wheelhouse. Now, now that I've gotten to work on it and I rewatched a bunch of the episodes on Disney Plus, it it's actually in interacting with the fans at cons. It's huge. It's mm. well, they're just such awesome yeah. people. It, yeah. It's um, quite literally the the generation right after yours, Drew, like mine yeah. and EJ and Willie and Kelvin that we, we grew up on the uh, Gargoyle series. So I mean, it's yeah. us, you're like a, a cultural free phenom right now mm -hmm. in drawing, yeah. especially I the mean, Dark Ages stuff that you're currently working on that mini series. That's kind of like, like I always a wanted a prequel story. Yeah. And like you're bringing actual, that to life. To us. It's in the original, you know, hints towards the past, but. To actually get the backstory is awesome because you know you get flashes through Goliath and then would reference yep. you know or when they talked about the the, the Mona's backstory they kind of yeah. like it, but they didn't you know you got a little bit but it's kind of cool to hear that it's it's growing you know because well, for a lot of people the, it was a Disney um, you know property that that kind of broke the mold of the Saturday afternoon you know go you know fun uh, it was very fun and very you know, I mean, everybody remembers Rescue dark, Rangers, though, Duck Tales. You know? They were all fun, fun stories. But Gargoyles took it to a different direction, took a more serious tone, took, you know, action and so forth. And uh, that was different for Disney, especially Disney on TV at the time for people, you know. So it's a, it's well, the, a genre that grew, definitely. Well, that's the thing, though. This This series was originally pitched as a TV show. Oh, well, see, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, I got to see all the pre-production stuff, uh, like the the pitch art and all that yeah. stuff. Um, I think you can see it online, too. I have to go look for it. Um, but I want to see it. The story was already, like, laid out, like, um, uh, in a, but, like I said, now I understand, like, um, it was just, 
I don't know. It, it, it does hold up. The, the cartoon still holds up, you know? Yeah. Um, it does. It, like, I rewatched some Thundercats episodes, and I'm sorry, but that first series from the 80s is trash. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they're horrible stories. And I love it. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it was it's still like you would be glued to that TV watching Thundercats from start to finish. I mean, and then well, you look back is, on it later, though. That's when you're like, God damn, that yeah. was awful. But I mean, Garfield still holds up as a story too. Like like Drew said, it's like the the whole plot and everything still is feasible and you know enjoyable to watch. Whereas you watch Thundercats now, you may appreciate the art and the nostalgia, but then you look at the story and you're like, they're always wondering who could be behind it and. Mummer's house is like right there. It's out their window. It's always the windows. So the writing is definitely different. The worst part is, is Lionel's an idiot. (laughs) He just, he, he, and he asked Tigra and Panthro every time, should I go do that? And they're like, no, bro, don't do that. And then he's like, I'm going to go do that and get in trouble and call you all here to help me out. Like oh man, he does it every episode. He's but then my friend was like, "You got to remember, he's only like ten years old." Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Well, it's that doesn't matter." Ten year old, ten year old ask you, and then they go do it anyway. Yep, exactly. And that's what he does. Which makes that whole Chitara saying some weird things to him even worse. That's why uh, makes the meme so great. Because I was like, "Man, he's only ten. Um, True, the memes are the memes are priceless. So, so Drew, let, let's let's continue forward with some more questions. I know I've seen you recently working on some Ninja Turtle stuff. Are you, are you just were those commissions, or were you just drawing to be drawing, or were you going to see um, your name on an IDW cover soon for Ninja Turtles? Oh no! Uh, trust me, I tried when I was working for IDW. I did a bunch of stuff for them, but never Ninja Turtles. Um, I wanted to. I was a huge Turtles fan as a kid, as in like. I got turtles before it was on TV, and I hate being that guy too, like the guy who says that. But uh, in 1985, a friend of mine, Raphael, he uh, introduced me to the local comic shop here, Benders. Like in 1985, yeah, Benders. yeah. they were on Mellon Street then, not on Mallory. Yeah, they're on Mallory um, now. Uh, so I was 10. Ninja Turtles was like seven issues deep. Um, I think I picked up a seventh printing of the first issue. <laughs> Hey, uh, even then, they were that making... seventh. That seventh issue right now is still a few hundred bucks in. You That's know what I'm I saying? saw that. Um, but uh, I've been a huge like Ninja Turtles fan, um, but I just never got the opportunity, man, to 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 do it. But I would if I guess I haven't asked in a while. Oh, uh, because you got to do that too. Like you, if you have editors' places, like. Like, it's not bad to remind them that you exist and that you're free. Kevin um, Eastman, if you are listening by chance, I've give met Drew him. a call. Uh, he won't call me. <laughs> Every time I meet that guy, His name's like, on so many covers right now. He, he goes, I know you. I've met you before. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Tinian. You know, yeah. it's like Tinian's name is on the cover of every other book on every other shelf, you know, and the yeah, dude just and, like stays on. Tom King was like that, too. Uh, he was on everything for a while. Um, 
I love that guy. He's one of my favorite people. He's just so nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, what were we talking about again? I kind of lost track. Oh, we were asking about the Ninja Turtles that you were drawing up. Oh, on that the was fun. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, I actually had that drawing. That was an old drawing that I just never finished. Okay. And it was in a drawer. Oh, it was really good. So I was like, you know what? I'll just finish it. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it actually took it to Heroes Con to finish it, and I forgot because I got super busy there. Um, so I found it in a drawer because I guess I just stuffed it in there when I got back from the show. And uh, I was like, well, I'll finish it now. Um, yeah. Hey, so Willie yeah. is asking, Willie, I will put the link up. Actually, his link is already up. If you go to the USDN post to have Drew on, you'll find his link to his website where he sells his art. Yeah, and he I has have a bunch a, of that I'm stuff a up, up there right now. So you get a better deal if you go through that. Um, okay, direct by the link. Because I always forget that I'm having a sale, and people ask me, and I give them the full price, um, and then I remember, and then I feel bad. I'm like, <laughs> So I end up doing like an extra drawing because I'm like, I'll just draw you something extra to make up for the difference. So you got um, people coming to visit your site right now. Hopefully no. they wait to the end of this and then go. Yeah, these doodles are fun. Do, do an extra tab. <laughs> um, so Drew, you know, me getting the covers of the Dark Ages and then Scott going, hey, you should have Drew on the podcast is really what got you here and me just asking the question if you would would come on. So with that being said, can you kind of give us the synopsis of what Disney and Dynamite's Gurgles Dark Ages is? What's hap- what's taking place with that? Like, can you give us kind of like, like where it's going? Pitch. Yeah. Um, I can tell you it is the gargoyles before um the castle was ever built this is uh this explains the story on um how the gargoyles and humans start their relationship um you get to see the gargoyles you know and love as some as young gargoyles but some as like kid gargoyles like they're actually like eight or nine years old um you also get to see some people who aren't alive or around anymore uh in the current gargoyles universe um you get to see the beginnings of of everything essentially of between humans and gargoyles um also you get to see hudson who's called mentor in that time period hudson was Uh, probably one of my favorite ones and well, I, knew he, he, I knew he was the older gargoyle of the group but yeah. he, like his wisdom like throughout the show when i was watching it as a kid was like all right yeah this guy well yeah, he was you get to see his whole whole leadership of the clan um like he's he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of hardcore you know like um, and you see why the, the the relationship he has with Demona and 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 um, mm. Goliath. It's like, uh, yeah, it's almost it's like fatherly 
thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. To be honest, it's like uh, it, it has been eye-opening, and it's it's I've never taken to a series um, stylistically or artistically so fast ever. Uh, mm. These gargoyles are easy for me to draw. Like, there's something, you know, you ever do something that you've never tried before, and then you're just like, this is simple. Like, I didn't know that I would be good at this. Uh, it's one of those things uh, with gargoyles. Um, plus the fans of gargoyles. Like I told you, man, they've been so supportive and nice. I've had people message me just to tell me they're glad I'm drawing it. Yeah. It's been one of those long-awaited things where I was promised this in my youth. I would get like an origin story for the gargoyles, and I never got it. Because my, my 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 thinking was this entire, like for a very long time, was they were originally humans, and then they were transformed into gargoyles like they were cursed, which is oh, not the case. No, yeah. no. And that's just, that was my thinking for the longest time. And now yeah, I know yeah. that not to be true. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, they were there. Um, I just found out that, like, they all didn't have, like, you know, Demona's jewelry. Like, that was given to her by a human. Mm. is why she in the when the comic I draw she doesn't wear it because she hasn't been given it yet because gargoyles didn't really wear jewelry uh, they don't make jewelry uh, they don't even have names um, only some of them have names and they haven't explained why the, I mean I, I don't know why I'm, I'm sure they explain it somewhere or maybe they will or Greg will but uh, most of them don't have names because they always mention that oh I got to get used to you humans and your names, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that it, it's just interesting. Uh, so it's like building on the mythos of their, their culture and everything. That's pretty good because I mean, yeah. with the interest that's already there, I could see it definitely growing, you know, which yeah, we're going to save the ultimate question to the very end, Drew. Okay. It's based off a rumor I had posted on the USDN page. That's going to be the very last question of the night after we get through all our other questions and the fan questions, because it's really one of those, like, we got to know if you know the secrets. No, I don't know if I know. I know some, but if they're secrets, I can't tell you, man, I'm no rat. <laughs> like you're thinking, but we're going to have right. to squeeze this one out of you, perhaps. Snitches get stitches. That's what they say, like or they lose their job. Uh, yeah, we don't want you to lose your job. That's for sure. It's shame. No, crazy, man. You can't mess with them. Yeah. Um, I've worked with them a few times. Uh, Marvel isn't as like crazy as, as Disney, and and Star Wars is nuts too. Those people are um, <laughs> <laughs> working with Star Wars, uh, Lucas Films, and stuff is, mm -hmm. is is a totally different thing, man. Um, <laughs> they're calling Drew with like pictures. They're like, "Look, we're having ice cream with your family. Isn't that nice?" Uh, Just better yeah. be quiet about it. <laughs> well, then, like, I tried arguing them with them about uh, a thing, and like, I got housed bad. I was uh, <laughs> that's uh, not good. I was drawing a job of the hut story, and and. Uh, there was this detail. They were like, you forgot Jabba's tattoo. And I was like, uh, Jabba doesn't have a tattoo. And they're like, yes, he does. He has a family crest on his left arm. I think it's his left arm. 
And I was like, and so I did what I anybody in my neighborhood would do. That's I'm calling BS on that. Like, yep. <laughs> like I don't believe you because that. that's me telling Lucas Films that you're wrong, and yeah. they sent me all these pictures <laughs> in many different angles from Return of the Jedi. And yes, yeah. he does. He has a tattoo on his arm, and I had to add a tattoo to this mm. whole story. <laughs> but. Yes, I had to draw that thing too, which was not easy to do, um, because it's his family crest. Um, so yes, they know better than you do, uh, for sure. Uh, it's crazy. I like drawing Miles Morales, if you want to know too. Yeah, I think we're all here a, a fan of Miles. Yeah, I like. Gwen State like Spider Gwen. I refuse to call her Ghost Spider. Uh, uh, she is Spider Gwen to me. My daughter just recently got into the whole Venom verse and the Spider Verse comics, and nice. honestly, I'm not complaining. No, it's awesome. Anything to promote comics and like the youth reading them because they're the future. Um, like that's my major argument when I go to shows and. I ever hear a pro like complaining about like not well, I guess fans or retailers or whatever. And I'm like, why are you complaining? Like we're all in this together. Like there are no comics without shops, without fans. Like what are you talking about? Like, and, and, you know, so, I've, I've noticed that some artists like they don't even like you can sit there and try to have a conversation with them when you're waiting in line. Like you've been waiting in line for hour, hour and a half. To, to talk to them and, you know, get their autograph on something. And they just don't take the time of day with you. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't charge for autographs. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't because there's people who are legends who have done a lot, right? And, and they don't do a lot of shows. They don't work a lot. So, like, everybody has their reasons. I would never charge it because my mom would probably smack me in the mouth. Uh, so... I get it. Like, like people, the people are people. Human beings can be difficult sometimes, but we can't generalize people like that. It's like, you, where are you without a retailer? Where are you without the podcast? Where are you without the guy buying your comic? Like, you can give ten minutes. Like, it, it's fine. Like, you don't have to. Now, if they're rude and disrespectful, you don't have to do anything. But if they're kind and respectful, 10 minutes is nothing. No, no, not at all. And, you know, you, you don't ask for much. Like, I had a full-on at GalaxyCon this year, like, 30-minute conversation with Nathan. Right. So. All right. Well, Drew, this kind of brings up a question that I had. Uh, as far as what's your opinion on online comics? You know, like Amazon or slash Kindle has, you know, the, the comicology and all of them have kind of combined to start pushing a lot of comics online and the whole format and stuff is, is different. It takes getting used to, especially if you're, you know, original page turner, like, like some of us with the grays on our, on our face. But um, um, how do you feel about it as an artist or a creator? I'm fine with it. As long as people are reading it and, and they're buying it. Like um, I hate when people download it and steal it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like it, it 
like and I and I don't download music and I don't download movies. So if everybody always goes, well, you've never. Sure, I did, like in 1996. But when I started doing the LimeWire action, yeah, like I'm, I'm a professional now. Like I can't take money from people's mouths like that. Yeah. So, um, no, I I'm fine with it. I'm glad as long as it's being digested. Now, one thing though, which my every company every comic i've ever worked on people have got to stop waiting for trade uh when you don't buy the floppies that kills a book so fast like mm. wait for trade but by the time the trade comes out the book's already canceled yep because it was so, never sold it never sold so they're just and i hate when that happens by the way trade. people that's happened to several independent publishers okay, so that I was what does following. That mean necessarily, so the the version that you can get online is comes after the the sales of the actual book. Oh no, I'm talking about the the trade paperback, the collections. Uh-huh. Like people, instead of buying the single issues, they'll go, "Oh, I'll just wait for trade." So the compendium, oh, okay. basically. Yes, and so when they get those, like the by the time they get those, the books already come out uh, and canceled. Oh, okay. So, so the series dies because they thought the sales were down when someone's actually waiting to. Yeah. Yeah, because they just want the collection, which, oh, okay. uh, to be honest, doesn't save you money a lot of times. No, because like, like if you go series, buy like a spawn compendium, it's like thirty to fifty bucks for yeah, volumes you, one through I think fifty or one through one hundred. And sometimes when it does save you money, it's saving you like three or four dollars. Yeah. Like, the floppies, the pre, the pre-orders, when people go to their shop and go, I want this on my poll or order this for me, those are the numbers they go by. I do that a lot, actually. Um, like well, as soon as that, Transformers and G.I. Joe were announced for Image, I was like, hey, Scott, put me down for those. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying, going back to like creators being kind and respectful to like everyone like it's that like i convey the message to you you digest it and you react uh hopefully in a positive way like uh it's kind of well i've been buddhist since i was 18 uh and it's kind of the same thing it's like what you put out there is, the universe it, it ripples like a, a stone in a pond uh so I hate that sounds really corny, but it's true. It's like that's why I tell young people who are trying to get into comic books, and even old people who are trying to get into comics, like the first piece of advice I give them is uh, the first thing you should do is commit to the craft, become a part of the community, and that means artists, writers, colorists, podcasters fans become a part of the community and treat everybody with respect and kindness without any type of like motivation like trying to get a job or this or that like just build quality relationships after that everything just falls into place um if if you treat people like trash then or you try and uh schmooze to get a job that was a good one because I've never done that. I've done comics for almost 20 years. And 
my schmoozing never got me a job. You may have answered your own question there, Drew. Earlier you were mentioning how you were like, I don't know why, you know, Chris Rowell, you know, immediately was like, hey, email me. Maybe it was the, that personality and that, that you know, um, way of thinking, like putting positive out there, not, not trying to schmooze your way into stuff. Maybe he felt that from talking to you and he's like, look, I like this guy, you know. You were building yeah. a, a positive relationship, so it, it worked. So. Yeah, and he's he's one of my favorite people. Like, uh, he's all he's on the West Coast. He's in San Diego, but every once in a while he'll do a show in North Carolina, and I drive down there just to see him. Uh, he's he's uh, he's a quality person. Like, I don't know, I, I haven't met uh, a bunch of people who are like quality people. You guys seem okay. No, I'm uh, <laughs> don't fool yourself, there, bud. We're all fire service. <laughs> exactly. uh, but yeah it's it's he's one of those people i like I, I can't do anything but speak uh kindly about him or nice about him he's just an amazing person there we go I had a question, yeah, but I, like I, I kind of want to change it up a little bit just because of uh, some of the things. First of all, we had a question earlier that uh, one of the audience was asking, what's the hardest part of drawing and creating for you? What What do you feel is the toughest part? The hardest part of what, like creating a, like, because there's, with comics, it's always storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. um, storytelling is, is God. So uh, to put it in a simple term, like, in that, when I say that, I mean this, when you're drawing a story, you have to put your ego aside. It's not about you. It's about the story. So like, as like a Christianity, you know, it's about God. So when you're doing stories, it's about stories. It's not about you. It's not about the writer's ego. It's not about all these other things. It's about the story. Tell the best story you can tell. Um, it's hard to, to learn all the tricks, techniques, the fundamentals of storytelling. That's the hardest part. Drawing's easy. Drawing gets better over time. Like, uh, you can be 90% uh, talent, talented, but 10% work, and you'll never get anywhere. But if you're 90% work and 10% talent, you can go anywhere. So, because so you're you like conveying the story with your art. Like kind of like this picture you have of Miles right now, kind of telling a little bit of emotion and stuff. Is that the part that you're saying? He's like, yeah, yeah he looks like, like side eyeing somebody. Yeah, like he's got something going on. You're kind of feeling a, a part of the story coming from the art. Is that what you mean? Like kind of telling yeah. the story with the art. It's about expression. It's about composition. It's about light and depth. It's about um, pushing people's eye in what we call like a Z pattern. Um, it's it's learning your draftsmanship. It's learning your graphic design. It's learning. Um, you're always learning. Every time you think you know everything, uh, you find out you know nothing. Um, Uh, but yeah, storytelling is 
is uh, a number one, but also the hardest part. And people like people teach me things all the time. I'll draw uh, what they call thumbnails, uh, which are your layouts at the beginning. And somebody be like, "Well, this doesn't isn't conducive with this emotion," because, and also he's facing the wrong direction. And then you learn little things like when you're you get a script. I'll show you one. Like this. Oh, Behind this the scenes of the comic book. Like this, right? So, no, well, actually, you can't see. That's that's too much. We, we, we can kind of see, like, because we, we do our own, like, I don't want to say it's a script, per se. It's kind of like yeah. our talking points that we want to hit. But yeah. we're very familiar with, like, a storyboard because we, we make our own storyboard for our shows. Mm -hmm. Well, well, I mean, but like I was, what I was going to show you is like when there's multiple people talking, the first person talking is the first person you see in that panel. Like you learn little things like that. Like if Superman says up, up and away and Lois Lane says be careful, then when you, when you create that composition, Lois has got to be on the right and Superman's got to be on the left. Uh, that's a little thing you learn after years of, well, in comics, because when the person who letters it, to cross those balloons like that messes up the storytelling, the reading of it. Yeah. Uh, so like, And I've seen comic books that way before where, where you're reading it, and all of a sudden it makes just no damn sense whatsoever. And you're and like, wait, what? And then it's 180 rule where like characters can't cross that plane of 180 degrees without like showing their movements. Like... There's all these things that you learn, but that's the hardest part. Like most people will tell you hands and horses. Uh, I love drawing hands and I draw so many horses. They're just like drawing people. Yeah, uh, so, um, you can learn anything, uh, but storytelling, like you end up forgetting things. And then people go, hey, like you can't do that because of this. And you're like, oh, I... You're right. I forgot that I can't do that. Uh, um, just because you're just into the the like drawing, um, like using light and moving, like using light to create compositions, and it, it's, it's there's so much involved in it. Um, and the thing is, no one really appreciates it because, uh, well, I mean, people do. But I'm saying, like, when the story's reading right, no one goes, "Man, that story was told so great." They just go, "That comic was awesome." Yeah, uh, it feels that's because you did your job right. Like it's like the IT guy. You get no pats on the back, uh, but you do when things go wrong. It's like you're the worst. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. IT. <laughs> <laughs> they get crushed, uh, especially in a behavioral services industry. Then people are crazy. <laughs> I mean, that is not a literal sense. Okay. So. Real quick, uh, I got a question here pulled out from Brian. He wanted to know, do you get to have your own spin on your characters that you're drawing, or is it strictly how the company wants you to do it? Um, it, it matters. Um, like, when I do stuff for, like, toys and video games or, like, um, card games or something like that, there's no... It's on model 100%. Okay. Like, there's no... No, no one cares about your style. Uh, they want it the way it's supposed to look. Um, like I drew these 
these toy boxes from Marvel, which was a dream come true, but it wasn't fun. Uh, <laughs> like they sent me sheets of what they look like. This is it. Draw this. And, oh. and like, yeah, there's no like creativity involved. Um, even with gargoyles, I can't play around. Like, now, does it look like the cartoon? No. It still looks like me, which is awesome um, to me, for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, if Demona's not supposed to have earrings and I draw them in the entire issue, which I did for the first issue, and she's not supposed to have them, I have to go through the whole thing and get rid of them, which is what I did. Every single panel. <laughs> like, if, you know, if... <clears throat> If uh, Goliath has four horns and I draw two, I have to go back and fix them all. Has to still be on model, but it can be in my style. Okay, um, so style. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> okay. like in when you've been in the comic books for a little while, like I know I can walk through the comic book shop and I can look at covers and I can start picking out like who drew that cover, just yeah. because you become so familiar with their style, like. A, a David Mack, for instance, very well known. You, you know his covers when you see that very distinct style. Peach Momoko, Scotty Young. You, you really like, you get used to seeing a certain artist style. Jenny Frism, who I, I'm absolutely loving her style right now, but you see it and it's like, that's who that is. And you flip yeah. the back over and you're like, yep, I was right. And they develop that over time. It's like, you know, Scotty Young didn't always draw like that. He, I remember him in the 90s when he wasn't doing Marvel or DC work. And we were all on message boards. Him and Ryan Otley, um, Jason Latour, a bunch of people who back in like the late 90s, we were all on comic book message boards. And we would do these competitions against each other uh, where we they called them draw-offs. Uh, and people would vote on who would win on whatever thing we drew. Like, it'd be like Spider-Man versus, you know, Superman. And you draw that, and then they'd all message board vote on it. But this was, like, predating, like, any type of social site, even before MySpace and all that stuff. Um, but he developed into what he developed into, you know? Yeah. I, mean, uh, now, I mean, he's got his own book now. He's got uh, I Love Fairyland oh, yeah, he, or Fuck Fairyland. Uh, and like I'm a big fan of that book. Like the story has been great, the art is great. Like yeah. I can't say enough good things about that book. If you haven't picked up a copy of Fuck Fairyland, go pick yeah, up I a have copy of it. It's awesome. First two trades. Cause he put out a thing where he was talking about doing a spin-off series. And I was like, I might want to try and draw that. Uh but no, it, he's really good. I like it. He's a super nice guy, and he's a legend now. Like he's a legend. Like he's an amazing artist. Uh, um, him and all those people. Peach Momoko, she her stuff is amazing. God, like yeah. I seen her do a live cover from a New York Comic Con last year, and I was in awe the entire time she was drawing it. Just like I am sitting here watching you draw Miles. It's like holy hell. It's um. Yeah, it's she's amazing. There's so many people out there. I love Lee Weeks's work. Like I've loved him since I was a kid, uh, and I think he's 
so amazing. He's not even underrated. He's just amazing. I, um, it's hard to say people are underrated because, like, when people tell me that they're underrated, I was like, why? I always thought they were pretty amazing. Which, <laughs> us talking about this is kind of getting us into the next question I have for you personally is if there's anybody out there that you want to collaborate with either coming up in the future, like what's your one collab that you're kind of sitting back waiting for? You know, I would love to do a Hellboy book. Um, I think I would love to do a Hellboy book. I don't know if I would, but I, I think I would. Um, uh, I worked with Jeff Parker before. I don't know if you guys know who he is. Um, I like working with Jeff. I would love to work with him again. Uh, he was a lot of fun to work with. I would love to work with Chris Ryle again to continue our series we did 10 years ago or 11 years ago. Um, I would love to do that. But I don't know. Like, when I've done this so long. When I get paired with people, um, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not, but I kind of like the mystery, if that makes sense. No, that makes real good sense. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like saying, well, I would love to do this because I know that's a setup for disappointment. Uh, every job that I thought was going to be amazing, just awful. Uh, <laughs> it was just awful. Jeez. <laughs> But so it, you're like hyped up in your mind, like you're like anticipating it, and then it turns out to be very. Welcome back, Kelvin. Different. Yeah, it, it's like, uh, but then the jobs that I'm like, ah, you know, whatever, turn out to be great. Like, uh, Copperhead was one. I would not that I said whatever. I didn't know if I 100% could draw sci-fi stuff because I hadn't really done it before, and I love drawing that book. Um, this book, Gargoyles. Uh, I wasn't 100% sure. I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't know I'd be good at it. I think I'm doing all right, and I'm actually I'm, enjoying I, it. I, I read the first one, and I'm going to tell you right now, I fucking love every second of it. Like, the yeah. art from start to finish, like, I literally picked it up. And even when people would come in here and, like, try I'm like, oh, no, you got to give me 10 more minutes. Let me... Let me get through this. This is great. But like, and I'm not just saying that because you, you live down the road from me or anything like that. Uh, I don't ever go to comic shops anymore. I love Scott, but I just don't. I just don't have the time. Um, like uh, my shop used to be Heroes and Villains, um, and that's all. That used to be off Big Bethel Road, but he closed that store. So mm -hmm. there, well, there's one of those up in Richmond now, isn't there? Well, no, it's a different guy. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, different guy. The the rich, he stopped doing it. Um, but Scott's always been around, and Amber and yep. her dad, dad Jim. Yeah. So we're <laughs> people. I know some of y'all have heard us talking about Scott and Amber. Scott and Amber are sisters. They are now the well. Scott runs Atomic Comics Emporium One and Two in Hampton and Newport News, Virginia. Uh, Amber, kind of. I think she mainly stays at the Newport News store, but every Saturday she runs the Pokemon League at the one here in Hampton. Oh, nice. And before them, they were – it was their dad who ran it. And then as he got older, he, he started giving more and more over to Scott to handle. And 
they're a really great like brother sister team and i've never heard anything bad about his father when he ran the store and it's just a really great little local comic shop then also right down the road you heard him mention benders yeah Dave. Benders is another one he's like a staple of the community he's been around since i think 75. the early 80s 75 no, yeah. there you go. the oldest comic shop on the peninsula and then, uh, i like, worked at benders for uh six or seven years there we go so you were there like when he was 12. still bringing like all his cats to work and yeah, well, no, he didn't bring them. They lived there. Well, yeah, uh, they lived there. None of them live there anymore, unfortunately. Oh, they they've all have, no, they've all passed on, I believe. Yeah, I remember the first cat because I was working the day he died. He got hit by a car. Oh, they and that road is horrible. Car. Both those roads that that they've been on is horrible. Um, but that was Caesar. That was the first one. And then there was Raja and Simba. Uh, but then I left my my freshman year of college so 94 95 so um but i worked there since i was like i want to say 12 under the and table he, and he's one of the nicest guys you'll meet like you can go in there and be like like you walk in and you think it's very unorganized but if you go hey you got this and he'll go hang on he'll walk over and he'll pull it out of a random box like here you go you're like, yeah. holy shit, um, like, how the hell? <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> he, knows his, like, he knows his story. He knows his stuff. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah it like, was, to uh, you, it has no rhyme or reason, but to him, everything makes sense. Yeah, that store was near and dear to my heart. Uh, Dave, I used to go to his house, and we'd play Monopoly and stuff. We used to, he used to play me to, he used to pay me to play him in Rummy. Cause he so he could Lizzie take the money? Game. What? So he could take the money back? No, 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 no. I, w- I would kill him at Rummy. Oh, really? Like trying to get better by playing you? And he's just like, I'm like, man, I have to get to work. He goes, who's paying you? And I'm like, you are. He's like, keep playing. Keep playing. Keep playing I can beat you. But now at chess, uh, he would he's king at chess. But I get him at Othello, too. And he knows that. I know he knows that. Uh, but no, I haven't been there in God, almost 10 years or close to and we might have to fix that we may have to do a joint venture to a comic book shop yeah. usdn and drew oh, yeah, right. just to see what drew looks at you know what what drew's take is on what's on the shelf you know oh that would be interesting uh because i like a lot of things I, I don't i don't think i dislike anything anytime someone shows me something i'm oh that's cool uh i'll just tell scott i'm like hey scott clear saturday for me drew and i'm gonna bring my whole team Oh, that'd be fun. He may put up some protests, but at the end of the day, he'll be like, all right, you get these times. Uh, <laughs> gee, that's cool. um, so one more question for you from the audience here. Brian, again, he, he's very inquisitive, and I like that. I love it when we get a lot of audience participation. He wants to know how it – how it is when you have to age a character because they are progressing the story and showing over time how the person ages. Like, how does that work for you? Or have you had to do that, really? Well, yeah. Um, in Gargoyles, I had to de-age him. De-age, yeah. Yeah, de-age, yeah. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. 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 It's, it's really just about structure, right? So if you have a, a face like this... Um, and, like and how he says you have a face like this and he draws like the perfect like, image of a face. If a person's young, like, and then this isn't too young. This is probably like uh, like in their 20s. 
So you go to their 20s. I'll do one side in their 20s and one side older. So you got them in their 20s. As they get older, they start getting lines in their face. Um, when it's, Right. I'm a bad example to use for this because I started green in my teens. So don't don't, don't yeah, use I have me a, as an example. I have a friend like that. He when by the time he was like 25, he was all gray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, at least it's still there, right? So hey, that, I, I, positive. that's a hundred percent positive, and I will never you'll never hear me bitch about being gray. Got it. Because yeah, I got it. it. Yeah, you got it. It's like when I went to grow my beard in after I retired and I was like, you know, I don't even know how it's going to look when it comes in. And then when it came in, it came in all gray. And I was like, mm-hmm. not patchy. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm part Korean. So it took forever for my beard to not be patchy. It still has its places. Um, like if you can't tell, my arms are pretty hairless. Uh, my legs are kind of the same way. Drew, uh, when I first seen you, I could have swore to God you were just like full Korean. Yeah, no, I, my mom, my dad is um, half Irish and half Syrian. My grandmother is full Syrian, and my grandfather is Scotch Irish. Scott Irish. Scott. I always say Scotch. You were born to drink good whiskey, my friend. Uh, yeah, my mom is 100% Korean. She came here from Seoul in 1975 when I was born. So if you look at this side, oh, wow. like, that's incredible. Like, if you look near, I guess you can see it there. All you have to do is you start adding the lines. Now, it's not just random lines. These are the lines where muscles on your skeleton yeah. exist. So as you get older, in theory, your face starts to sag. Those lines start to stick out in those skeletal places. Your eyes become deeper. Uh, when you're young, you have uh, essentially no lines in your face. Mm. That's freaking incredible. So yeah, I've heard, so, I've heard some people express that the uh, more feminine features to make it a character like you know, not just for women. I'm saying, you know, yeah. even even male characters, yeah. to make it more like a, a. You see a lot of that in the uh, anime. Lips that yeah. makes the character look you know, like fuller, fuller lips makes it more, more effeminate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It all matters. Uh. Because, I mean, like, I just had to draw a baby. They're different, too. Like, that's the thing about comics. You have to draw everything from, like, a coffee mug to a skyscraper. Like, uh, and you don't just draw a coffee mug, like, in the sense of one time. Like, you may have to draw that coffee mug, like, 15 times in two pages from every angle. Um, So, uh, that's where the draftsmanship comes in uh, that I was saying is, it, some people fake it, but I see you. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Uh, yeah. I know, like, you, you trust me. Like, and other artists talk, like, hey, did you see this? I'm like, ah, he sucks as a draftsman. You know, he needs to work on that. Uh, but his figures and his expressions are amazing. Um, but man, to be a fly on the message board that y'all all talk about each other on, like, I can't imagine like the amount of shit talk group. going on back there. There was a Facebook group of all comic professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got shut down because it was a secret group. And I'll talk about it now because 
it's gone. But it was a secret group, and somebody was lie. Somebody lied. Essentially, mm. one person said that this was a group of hate, um, mm. and all this stuff. When in actuality, it was just comic artists. We were venting about the tribulations of being an, a comic professional, uh, the lack of sleep, the the bouts of depression, the the editors who were horrible to us, the editors that were great to us. Um, yeah. All these trials, tribulations, and triumphs is what we were talking about. And yeah. somebody found out about the group and said that it was a group that was hating on certain people and this and that. And like when somebody's already got that in their head, like there's nothing we can do to to prove that it's not what you say. Yeah. Um, and it was a great resource. Whenever I was down or I had a problem that was a professional problem, I would go there and be like, hey, um, I, I feel like I was treated wrong. This happened to me. And some guy would be like, he did that to me and it was wrong. You should tell this person. And then you go to find that person and it becomes help. Um, but yeah. that, that, that group, unfortunately, was disbanded. Um, yeah, I hate to hear that because I mean, you know, it's one of those where, like, for instance, like, if you're in leadership, you you vent to other leadership. You never vent to your subordinates. Yeah. So for y'all, it's a little different with it being an artist community, and you work for publishers, and like, you can't just go to your publisher and be like, "Yo, dude, what the hell?" So yeah. it, it helped. I'm pretty sure it helped having y'all you know, have that resource to where you can like, hey, did anybody else get hosed over by this guy? Yeah. And and that's essentially and then there were times where people were just like sharing awesome things that happened to them. And it just picked up your day. Like to be like, man, that was a great story. Uh awesome. Like it was uh, there were no fighting. There was no like um, because that was one of the rules of the group too. Like, no, no negativity or hate in this group. This is like if you're having a problem and stuff, that's different. That's venting. Uh, but if you're like just hating on somebody and ganging up on people and bullying, then that's not allowed. Like, yeah. And you had to have like so many credits to be in the group. So like, if you even if you asked to be in it, you had to have so many professional credits to be in the groups but um somebody in that group i don't know i, I have no idea um took a comment and screenshot it but it was out of context of course and, and it was like well no that's not what that meant because if you read the whole thing you would have known but yeah. there's no arguing that like yeah. it's already too late our secret group was gone uh by that time um it was a I, I guess I can talk about it. It was, it was like six or seven years ago, to be honest, I think. But maybe it was like four or five years ago. It was at least track of time since COVID. Yeah, yeah so th that's that's actually really interesting because COVID put a whole new spin and it kind of brought back a resurgence of mm -hmm. the comic book industry and tabletop gaming and card games and that kind of stuff. And where we, you expected like the comic shops to kind of start going under and some did but for the most part comic book shops thrived during this time frame 
They, well, once they were allowed to reopen for yeah. the most part. I think a lot of things thrived unexpectedly. They did. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I, I know that my comic work, I know the first six months of it, there was nothing. Um, because comic companies, since Diamond stopped, told everyone to stop. And that meant even getting paid. So it was rough. Uh, pretty much living on commissions for six months. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is tough, but you know, you get through it. Um, and you can't get unemployment, uh, because uh, you don't have a like contract, like, you can't prove that you're making, <laughs> yeah, not technically on a set payroll of some yeah. company, so, so yeah. yeah, um, so there's no unemployment, so you just gotta, you just gotta do what you gotta do. So, um, so question there, Drew. I mean, this goes into one of my questions outside of the comic. Uh, industry and uh, art, you know creating art there is there other um, platforms or other uh, media that you like doing uh, work in or that you could do during that time to supplement well no I, that's when I started doing stuff for like movie companies um, oh. TV and video games and card games like I did some stuff for Wizards of the Coast okay. I've done stuff for like I said Hasbro uh, Paramount uh, mm -hmm. Netflix um some oh, clothing designers so uh yeah oh. that really made me branch out away from com i didn't do comics for three years oh, wow okay. so you're well, just really I mean, getting I mean, back into comics time. then yeah, yeah this is my first book back so oh um, sweet okay uh i just i i don't know i really like doing the game stuff uh oh, yeah that was really fun so is it video games or like board games? Uh, both. Um, card games, video games, board games. I did stuff for, uh, what's that game, Siege? Um, Rainbow Six? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I've done stuff for that. I did the first Extinction, which was a dinosaur game. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, did stuff for that. Uh, no, cool, it was cool doing stuff for Netflix because when you do stuff for Netflix, um, they ask for your account, like information, and then once they they give you access to an extra menu, uh, oh, or, or awesome. you you get to watch the stuff you're working on with a code, um, but you get to see everything. Oh, like, like that's like, really cool. Like awesome. stuff that's coming out in like two years from now. Oh, great! So like, in two years, we're gonna see stuff that you were working on. Well, no, no, this was, I did stuff for that one, that, that, what's the name of that show? Um, it was about the vampire and the priest, um, Mass, Mass, uh, Midnight Mass, was that Midnight, Midnight Mass? Mass? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I did stuff for that. That was actually pretty interesting. I never got to finish it, because it was one of those during the, the, pan, the pandemic that you, you know, you started getting into, and then you got into this one, and you got into, but it was interesting. I definitely want to go check it out, especially The ending was not great. I'll tell you that uh, the beginning is wonderful until yeah, the end. Suspense, uh, I like it. Um, yeah. But the only disadvantage of that, I got to watch that maybe four or five months before it came out, but I couldn't talk to anybody about it. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, this is awesome. The, yeah. Oh, it's okay. the, the binge word, the, the like binge conversations. Like, oh man, I finished the whole thing. Did you see this? Cause yeah. Like, I got them. I, I worked on that movie, Love and Monsters. Oh, that's awesome too. 
Yeah, that was fun. Uh, they those you get to see early too. Everything, but it, like I said, you know, it's no fun because you're the only one who sees it. And yeah. I, even though I really like that movie, uh, but yeah, I was just like, it, it sounds awesome, but it kind of isn't. <laughs> Sorry, I had to pull up Netflix real quick to see if I had seen it or not. Yeah. Um, Midnight Mass is fun. It's very Stephen Kingy. I feel like. It, uh, it has a lot of uh, building, like the suspense build, the thrill. No, I'm going to check it out. I bookmarked it so I can come back and watch it. You're a horror fan like me, Jeff. So yeah, pretty much eat up anything just to see what's out there. You know, just yeah. press the genre. Yeah, like I'm really looking forward wife. to this new uh, Dracula movie. She loves watching horror movies. I watch horror movies too, but I, um, I don't watch. I say I don't watch them, but I do. Like. I say I don't ever watch horror movies, but if you ask me if I saw something, I'll probably be like, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> but I don't look to watch them. But for some yeah. reason, I end up watching them all. Uh, as an artist, you got to, you know, I'm sure you have that like eye for things that you're like, oh, hey, I would do this, or you know yeah, what I mean? I mean, like, that's, that's my my favorite genre of comic is is the horror genre. That's and the hardest one to pull off. And there's so oh, many yeah. of them out there right now doing it, and they're good. Yeah, and you're just like. You, you get it because the covers are really freaking cool. Yeah. And then, like, sometimes you'll get an issue when you're like, man, that was straight trash. And then you get this, <laughs> it, I'm not shitting you. And then you yeah, get to man. issue two and you're like, oh, it's damn. Different, though, this than, like, story old, turned up. Yeah. They're different than the old, like, Creep Show or Tales yeah. from the Crypt comics. Cause... So, Creep Show did a, a quick return. Like, every year around Halloween, Creep Show will drop like a three volume or a four volume like mini series okay. and it, it'll be like a combo with like two stories and it'll be like homages to um the old stuff and you're but it's like new kind of yeah. like a Guillermo del Toro just did yeah, with, with the, the cabinet, cabinet of curiosities yeah. and it was just like oh this yeah, is that was so really cool. awesome they, it was a lot of referencing to old like uh Lovecraftian kind of uh yes base stories was, yeah the Lovecraft was, stuff's always fun to see Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Cthulhu stuff, the rats and the rats in the yep. wall, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and then that- we, we got Rupert Grant returning to the screen for the first time since Harry Potter, it felt like, in, in that series as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I did, I used to do a lot of horror comics. Um, but one of my highlights was I did Creepy for Dark Horse. Uh, and only reason, like, to me, that was like a seminal, like horror comic like it's so like one of those dark horse is really good with their horror genre like they protect that they like, do they're they do good at it job. um yeah. they do all the mignola's books so yeah unfortunately they lost all the aliens and predator and stuff like Tomorrow. that but they'll, yeah, do, Marvel they'll owns do a it. great job oh, yeah, they own all the fox stuff yeah oh, marvel and fox Oh, okay. When Fox, like in the new, so the previous run was all Marvel, but the newer, newer run that just started about two months ago is Fox by Marvel. Okay. It's always weird though that they don't do their own kids' books and stuff, like the Gargoyles. The all the Disney Duck books are done by Dynamite. Mm -hmm. Um, Then IDW is doing the Spider-Man Adventures, Star Wars Adventures, Avengers. 
Well, Marvel uh-huh. also has uh, some of the Star Wars, too. Yeah, they, now, yeah, I did they see did Dark Horse dropped a uh, Boba Fett book recently. Yeah, the, Isn't Dark Horse, though, a property of uh, DC? No. No, oh, they're based okay. out of... Um, I always thought they were associated. No. no they're DC used here. to have Vertigo, which took care of their horror genre. Okay. But okay. now that's even transitioned to now they went away from the horror stuff for a long time and any kind of like they went very pg-13 but now they have dc black label yeah, which is more of their r-rated yeah. horror like uh what is it uh, uh the the lake house when um the last house on the lake or something like that it, mm. it's a really good like story sci-fi-ish horror and it is really freaking good. Okay, like yeah, okay. So Vertigo is the Watchmen stuff. Uh, Kelvin put that up there. Yes. Black. Yep. So that yeah, you're Vertigo, John Constantine back in the stuff. day. Your Justice League Dark, like your There's magic Vertigo. type okay. stuff was the Vertigo. The Sandman universe was Vertigo. Vertigo. Swamp okay. Thing, Animal Man. Swamp Thing. I always yep. knew Dark Horse from the Alien series, which I loved, and the Predator. Yes. I mean, I love those comics. They were just they're amazing. You know, like yeah, they did all. Art and everything was just uh, awesome. You know, it's like in the '90s, and you're like, "Oh man, I miss Aliens since it was, you know, my 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 movie." And then you got these comics bringing back the Colonial Marines and stuff that you know never carried on in the 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 cinematic version. So you check like, out Marvel's new run of the Predator. You remember in Predators, and I know we're going to be talking about this on our upcoming podcast. Yes. Uh, in Predators, how we had the humans inside the Predator suits, mm-hmm. like the Predator armor and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're doing that currently in the run by Marvel. Okay. In the very, in like the current run now by Fox and Marvel, they're doing that right now. Okay. They have hunters that are humans wearing the Predator armor and the Predator armory and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's cool as shit. It, I, like this, I don't really care for the story that much, but the art is fantastic. Yeah. Very uh, fantasy looking there as well. Yeah, and uh, I was a talking dirt. <laughs> yeah, I like nice. that. That's, um, that's very D and D of you. Uh, yeah, you know, I never played it, but I read all the books as a kid because my dad read them. And whenever he went on TDY, uh, he would pick up books and then give them to me when he got back. Um, so I read all the like old Forgotten Realms books, the Dragonlance books. Um, yeah. yeah, the yeah, Dritz Dewar did. Uh, yeah. yeah, I read the R.A. Salvatore stuff. Yeah. yeah, I you know, I got to meet um Larry Elmore at a show. Oh, wow. Yeah, and like I had to tell him, I was like, you know, when I was like eight <laughs> years old, like your Dragonlance were my shit, man. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you, dude. He was really nice. He was just like very chill. Not who I, I expected. Uh, Larry, I expected Larry Elmore to be, I don't know, like an artist, artist, like very like I, I don't know high yeah. class. Yeah, he he so, looks so classically trained. Like, you know, yeah, he was just a normal theory. guy. Yeah, <laughs> which I should have known because I'm a normal guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so while we're on this topic of artists, though. Are there any up and comers that we should be keeping an eye out for 
or that we can expect some big stuff coming from that you're tracking on? I don't know. Um, Because everybody that you consider an up-and-comer, like there's so many times that people go, oh, man, this guy is so awesome. Like I just saw his stuff. Like he's been around for like 10 years. Yeah. He's been now hit. So like it's hard for me to say like who's up and coming. I'll tell you some people I enjoy. Uh, James Heron. You ever look at his stuff? Uh, James Heron. Look What's him he up. Uh, have to, yeah. Just H-A-R-R-E-N. James Heron. That guy blows my mind every time I see his stuff. Um, uh, Pepe LaRaza is amazing. I love his stuff. Um, God, who else? Of course, Duncan Fregredo, uh, uh Sean Phillips is one of my favorites. And like I told you, Louis LaRosa, I love his stuff. Um, God, there's so many people. Mark Lamming, I like his stuff a lot. And then there's Chris Somney, but he's been around forever. Um, just so many people. I, I follow so many. Like, I've been doing this so long. I just like so many people. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see their work, I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I know who you are. What's his name? Ethan Fowler. That's somebody who's new to me. That God, he's so good. Uh, you can look. I think his name on um, Instagram is Pop Myth or something like that. Uh, he's such a wonderful artist. Um, his, he does these sketches of like, I think he did. Spider-Man villains one week, and then I think this week it might be what I forget, but he does these headshots every day. He does one. Um, he's <laughs> amazing. Uh, I, I I look forward to just browsing his stuff. Oh, Julian Tedesco, that guy, he does covers, phenomenal artists. He did a cover for one of the books I did. And I like I think he did two covers, and I was like, man, like I'd buy this just for his cover. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> I this comic, but I love the cover. Yeah. Well, luckily they gave them to me, so I I have them. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so I so I don't perk, have the original, but I have the perk of the job. You get yeah, the you books. get a bunch of comps. I got so many free comic books. Uh, I got like a few long boxes. Um, cause apparently I've drawn like 120 some comics or something like that. Holy shit. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know. Uh, there's a, there's a site called comic vine. I used to check it to see how, if my credits were right. Um, and a friend of mine, like, I, he's like, did you know you did over a hundred comics? I was like, no way. Really? It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, I've done like 120 or something like that. 118, um, which I was like, that's impressive credits considering that some people do a comic and then just disappear. Yeah. And the thing is that it's because of my philosophy, I've told friends of mine who work for Marvel and DC and I love those companies. I love the stuff they do. Um, but my bread and butter is just doing whatever comes my way. And if it's indie stuff, I, well, I don't, I don't do like hardcore indie stuff, but I do like, you know, the smaller companies, and I'm do fine. I do fine. Uh, and then I pick up a toy gig here or a TV thing here, and then I just do whatever art is required of me uh, and stop chasing that golden carrot. Because, what? okay, this is what I used to tell the young people. Like, the problem with you is you see the shiny apple, 
which is Marvel and DC. And then you're yep. reaching and reaching and reaching, and you don't get to see the rest of the tree. There's apples everywhere, but you're focused on that one. Um, and eventually you may get it. But the thing is, like all food, it's fleeting. Like, like you got to pick from the tree, not just one, but from the whole tree. Um, and you'll be happier that way. Uh, I got my best advice from this uh, Bob Shrek. He edited The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, he's the one who got Frank Miller to do The Dark Knight. Uh, he told me, he goes, Drew, what do you do? And I was working IT. He says, well, I'm a, a systems administrator. He goes, no, 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 no. You're an artist. That's what you do to make money. What? Who are you? And I'm like, I guess I'm an artist. He's like, no, you don't guess. You are. You live that every day. You put a sketchbook in your pocket. You draw all the time. You become that. You are that. Um, and I've done that ever since he told me that, which was about oh, 12 years ago. Uh, it changed my life. Um, uh, I stopped caring what people thought. And, and I committed to being an artist, uh, not what everybody else saw me as, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, um, that's the best advice you can do. Just be what you say you are and let everything else will sort itself out. Just be who you want to be. Um, Cause no one can tell you you're not right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can't let the label tell you who you are either. Yeah, exactly. Your label that shouldn't be what you try to fit into. You got to be you, regardless it's, of It's tough to juggle that too, because like you know, when you're in a public eye, you always have to put your best foot forward. But I feel like I do, um, I do all the time. So, uh, only thing is, I do have a problem with authority. <laughs> I have a real bad thing. Oh, uh, don't we all? It's probably because I mean I, I blame it on all the the hip hop music and punk music I listen to, <laughs> but it's like like sometimes, but I, I I can hold it back when I need, but sometimes when people tell me to do things, I'm just like you know what I don't have to, even though it doesn't matter. Like in my head, I'm like you know I could not do what you say, but it's ridiculous sometimes. I, I have to go well. What does it matter if I do it? It's this isn't like an ego stroke. Like just do it. Stop, like, let it go, Drew. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing right now? Um, but sometimes you got to just be like, hey. You Put know. the foot down. Yeah. Like, uh, I remember once at a show, uh, somebody was talking to me. And you meet crazy people. And you meet wonderful people. But you do meet some crazy people. And this guy said something super misogynistic, like, like crazy that you don't even say in public to your friends. Uh, and I was like, man, you need to go. Go away. And he's like, what? And he's like, what, man? I can say what I want. I was like, dude, this table is only three feet wide. My arms are longer than that. You need to go. <laughs> then he left. Uh, yeah. Because you don't need that in our community. You don't need that whole massage. Yeah, there, there's a, a lot of negativity in the comic community. And if you can nip some of it in the butt, yeah, you got to. You just gotta tell them you're wrong. 
like stop it. Like that person you just objectified heard what she said. Yeah, I saw it on her face. Like she was hurt by that. They had that issue last year at New York Comic Con with Peach. Yeah, and there was people just like harassing the shit out of her to a point where she had to get up and leave for a little bit until yeah. they can like clear it out. That's wrong. You should not have to feel like that in your own space, especially someplace that should be a safe place for you. Yeah, and think about it. She lives and works in Japan. So she's at New York Comic Con. That means she got on a flight for 15 plus hours to come sit with her U.S. fans. Yeah, and she's, and you know, she's a human being. Like, you wouldn't want to be talked to like that. Like, like my mother always like you always taught me like you talk to people you treat people the way you would want yourself to be treated and it it's not even a matter mm-hmm. of respect cuz uh some people go well I don't give respect unless I'm shown it that's that's ridiculous you, you don't get shown it unless you give it to some degree just, just respect everybody who cares yeah. what they do just do what you do and respect exactly be respectful regardless and then be you a know, fucking decent human being that's it. be a decent human like sometimes these arguments and fights people get into, I'm like, what are you, what are you really fighting about? Like, like, like we all know that's wrong. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I think that, that to me, what you're, you know, when you're explaining that, a lot of it too is we all do know it's wrong. The sad thing is, there's a lot of people that wouldn't say anything. Oh, you gotta say something. You I should have threatened them. There's gonna be those that 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 push and say those things, like that individual did. Because no one says anything. Yep. Because yeah. society lets them do that. Yeah, I had a friend snatch somebody once. We were walking in a con, and this guy grabbed this lady's butt in oh, front of him. dude. And he was like, they're both cosplayers. They're, one guy was dressed like some warrior. I wasn't familiar with the character, so I can't really say. Uh, she was scantily clad, but that doesn't matter. That's her choice. No one can Yeah, play. you don't... Uh, but my friend grabbed that dude from behind and yoked him. Good for him. him. Yeah, it was awesome. He's like, I. He goes, what did he say? Uh, he goes, I wouldn't advise you to do that again. And the guy just looked at him and just walked away. He was just like, I. And I was like, dude, that was awesome. You're you're my hero. <laughs> and you know, the the lady didn't even notice. But that doesn't matter because she was mortified. Um, like she was just trying to get away from the situation. Uh, but I just thought it was really cool. I was like, man, that was really cool of you to just because you didn't even, you didn't even hesitate. He just joked yeah. him up. I was like, that's crazy, dude. That was amazing. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a when society gets to the point where they let that happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, did that guy just do that? And before I could even finish my thought, he was up in the air. I was like, dang. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just my opinion, but yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I did too. Um, yeah. What was the secret question, by the way? Oh, so we want to jump to that, huh? Okay, so we'll do that. And then we'll. Are you ready for your uh, giveaway also, Drew, after this um, question? Sure. If you want. And we'll start wrapping it up. I mean, we're at an hour and Where, do you? How do we do this? How do you do it? Because I'll give so, a let, Let's get this question. In and then we'll we'll hash it out. Okay. So I posted a rumor alert about the new gargoyles about a possible 
just possible upcoming Gargoyles live action movie. In your inner you, circle, what's the what's the word there? I can tell you the the absolute truth on that, and I do know that that it's not true. Yeah, so I, I also posted a a, a self rebuttal from Wise was it Greg Wiseman? Yes, Greg. Yeah, saying like, no, nah, that ain't happening. How do nah. I know it's not happening? Because I ain't said it's happening. And yeah. that was pretty much how we put it. But we, yeah, you know, deep down in our hearts, all us guys in that generation just after you, Drew, are like, come on, give us the freaking live action. Like yeah. Disney yeah. is live action and everything else. I think some people put out some fake posters and people got really excited. And, and you know, good for them. Because like you said, <laughs> we all have these properties that we love. Uh, but I 100% know that's not happening. Uh, not now, at least. Um, and it's not yeah. being worked on, so you never uh, know, Drew. You could fuel that uh, that future exactly with Dude, this podcast. is working on single handedly with Drew Moss, gonna yeah. get us a, uh, a gargoyles live action. I would love, I you know, there was a time where well, I guess I can talk about it now because it's been years. Uh, that Copperhead was gonna be a show, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a cartoon, but it didn't happen. Um, it just didn't happen. It was right before COVID. Um, and it just kind of got... No, it was never going to be a cartoon. Oh, was it uh, going to be actual live yeah. action? Yeah. It was, yeah. Well, there was... It was pitched to a few things, but... Um, yeah, it, it just didn't happen. And I would have loved it because I love that book. Uh, mm. It got canceled. Well, they didn't really get canceled. Um, Red J and Scott wanted to end it. Uh, I did 10 issues, and then Scott was supposed to do four issues, and then I was supposed to do four, and then Scott, we're going to go back and forth. And I finished my 10. Scott started his four, and in the middle of it, they just decided, like, they wanted to. I've lost so many comic book series because of that kind of stuff, and, and yeah. like, you, you know about how many issues you can expect from certain certain books, and then yeah. you get to, like, eight. And you're like, wait, this was, I was told 10, when it, where's my 9 and 10? And then they're like, yeah. oh no, they just ended it. So now I'm like, I got all these series where I have 8 books or 10 books yeah. out of 12, and I'm never going to get those last two. Yeah, and then, the, I don't know, that like this Copperhead thing bothered me because like we had some stories to tell. Uh, yeah. And I love the characters, and I don't know, I, like I said, I drew does them that for, mean that it's Once you hear that, does that mean there's no possibility of it coming back? Because you know they'll stop a run of other stuff. But yeah. Then you, you know it'll have a resurgence. Uh, like is there Scott, ever a possibility for Copperhead to have a resurgence? If Scott come, though, no, there's always a possibility. If Scott wants to come back and finish what he started, like those four issues, mm-hmm. um, there's all. But I don't think Jay he does TV writing now, mm-hmm. mostly. So I don't mm-hmm. think he's wanting to come back to comics. I don't know. I can't speak for them. Um, and this, even though I own part of it, I, it's not my book. Uh, yeah, I came in on issue eleven. Uh, it's their book. It's their characters. I think I might have created one character, maybe. I think if I go back, I could tell you. Uh, but I think maybe one. But they had some cool kids. Ishmael, who was like a like created person, and um, just so many cool ideas and stories. It was like it felt like Star Wars, you know. But mm-hmm. what? Uh, I don't know. I. I I, I don't know. I, I I really do wish 
they because I, I mean of course I could do one myself, but it wouldn't be still wouldn't be Copperhead. Mm. Oh yeah, Eliza. Look, I drew an Eliza. I saw the comment like Kevin Kelvin. Hey, I, I yeah, so I seen this one up on your Instagram, <laughs> and I was like, damn, I'm kind of like I almost yeah. want to snatch that one up. Yeah, well, no, these are these are already gone. These are oh, okay. The they bought the I was selling signed uh, signed copies of issue one of Dark Ages, um, and a sketch. So it was like fifty bucks for the comic and a sketch. You get to choose your character, and uh, one person chose her and Hudson. I got three more to do. Um, well, we got to stay on top of that link site that you put up. Yeah, yeah. I only get six free copies, so. Uh, once the six are gone, they're gone. Hey, I got um, a whole, the whole, I got every single copy that Scott got in the store. Of what? Of the Dark Ages. What so I think he got. <laughs> no, I'm a cover whore. I'm not going to lie. Right. Yeah, I, I, I loved every single cover when he presented it to me. Like, normally I'll take what I want and give the others back. But he showed me all these, and I was like, I've waited for so long for this book. They do have good covers. And I'm like, I'm not letting any of these go. And I literally got every single one of them. Yeah, I only got my cover. I was really hoping to get one of each one. Because um, the, the writer I told you, Jeff Parker, he did one. Mm -hmm. uh, he did the toy box. Okay, yeah. One. So he did all the toy box ones. He's also a great artist. Uh um, I, I'm really enjoying like a bunch of other books are doing the toy box covers too. Darkwing Duck's doing it, yeah, he's and doing um, too. <laughs> I really love those covers because it's like that nostalgic action figure that you would yeah. get, I and I really enjoy them. Um, I, I, they're at Walmart. I still haven't picked them up. Uh, I went to go pick them up, and I forgot my wallet at home. And I was at the register, and I was like, "Oh no!" That's the worst feeling in the world. Oh, I was good, but I was luckily I was in self checkout, so I only got to embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, if I can, Drew, I want to squeeze in one more question, sure. and then we'll do the giveaway. I know you have always wanted to do a Spider-Man cover for your grandpa. Yeah, have well, you got to do that yet? I wanted. It actually is. I wanted to draw Spider-Man professionally. Okay, that was my promise. Um, uh, the story is uh, when I was from the age of two to six, I lived with my grandparents, um, and uh, every day I would watch the old 1960s Spider-Man show. Um, and at the end of the day, we'd always have dinner, and my grandfather would smoke his pipe on the porch. Um, in Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, and as he was smoking it, he would ask me what happened on Spider-Man that day. And every day I would tell him, like, what happened. And, of course, the, it became like a two-hour of just me making stuff up. Of a 30-minute show. Yeah. Yeah. But he'd listen the whole time. And then as we'd go inside, he'd tap his pipe out and he'd go, hey, don't forget, tomorrow you got to tell me what happens on that show. And I get it now that he understood. Like, I was, at that time that I remember I was five, uh, I didn't have any friends. I mean, I lived with my grandparents. Like, everybody in the neighborhood was, like, 50, 60 years old. Uh, he was my friend. Um, he was more. He's, like, my father. So, 
1990, uh, he had brain cancer, a tumor in his brain. Um, and I promised him that one day I was going to draw Spider-Man uh, professionally. It would be for him. That's why I got this tattoo. See? Uh, and I can say last year I did. I drew Spider-Man for Hasbro. So nice. I, I, I got it. I know. I, I I was raised by my grandparents too, so I, that 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 hits me hard. Like yeah, it, was, it was um, it was my first experience with uh, death and somebody who, close to me. Uh, like I, it, it's just it's even hard to talk about it now. Yeah. Um, Let, let's, let's, let's get away from the onions, yeah. and <laughs> let let's get down to business, Drew. How do you want to do this? Um, I don't know. I have CBD. no idea. I don't know what's fair. How about a question in the first uh, comment response that's correct? Uh, we can do yeah. that. Okay. Well, no one's going to. I can <laughs> ask a crazy question uh, from this interview, see if anybody. Who there we go. How about it, Drew? What was either the name of the person or the first mini I ever did? I said it like a few times. And, and the person's name who, who gave me that job and who also wrote it. If anybody knows, you don't even have to get the whole name, just like part of it. If you can even get close, I will give you both of these. I don't know if anybody can do it. Can you rewind it? They can't even rewind it. No, not until we go, we post. Well, we do <laughs> so after the show, they'll be able to get the answer. Um, do, do, do you think anybody here is Red Dark Ages? Just me. Just you, dang. Yeah. I could ask you what Demona's name is in Dark Ages. Mm. And I'm not giving answers, and I'm not yeah, in the game. Yeah, well, I heard the first answer, but I'm, you know, that's not fair. I'm, I'm taking he, notes. He, he remembered. He remembered. I just pointed at the, I just pointed at the screen, so you didn't get to see that. I was like, he remembered right there. Um, <laughs> oh know. no, we can see your hand when you went to his side of the screen. We we knew who yeah. you were talking about. Um, I don't know. You guys think of a question because my questions are always too hard. Hmm. Should be something simple though, right? Well, if they can name, let's see if they can name at least two titles that you you particularly worked on yourself. Two titles. They have the internet. They can do that. Oh yeah, we can't Google here. No Uncle Google, okay, guys. Yeah. Leave Dr. Google at home. Yeah. And we just literally talked about two. Yeah, we just talked about two. If you can't get this, you don't deserve this art. <laughs> but you have, and you can even do covers I've done. Like, because I've done stuff for a bunch of different covers. Name something that we can definitely say is a, a Drew's a artistic talent. Oh. Sorry. So and I will make sure the art gets to whoever gives us the answer. And I am watching the chat. There's nobody. They can't do it. It's fine though. Even though I think uh, Kelvin, delayed, like, slow, like Kelvin and Brian were the most active in there, there. Kelvin just gave you an answer. Copperhead and you did a Vampirella. I did do Vampirella and Copperhead. There you go. I would have accepted Red Sonia too. I'll give you some That's free cool. comics too because I have a bunch of free <laughs> them, yeah, we got we got masks, we got terrible lizard. So, we got Elvin, yep. I don't know Sonya. how I guess I'll, I'll get in, in touch with you I guys. Will, 
Yeah, so after this, Drew, I'll have Kelvin DM me the address, and then I'll shoot it over to you. Okay. And we'll do it that way. And also after the show, what we'll do is I will drop his link again on the page. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that way people can go and look at his art. And if there's anything there that you want to commission or purchase, they'll have that option to do so right from right. his site. And his site's amazing. Like I can go there and just actually I do go there sometimes on my when I'm at work and just look at oh, his and art. Instagram. Yeah, well, not Instagram, but on your actual website. Oh, can you give us the website one more time for everybody there, Drew? Huh? Can you uh, mention or say the website one more time for everybody just I, so we can get it out there? I think it's – I got it. See, I always just post the link. We have the link. We'll, we'll, we'll so post the link. Be able to find that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's drew.moss.square.site. It's and then your own Instagram. If at, you go to my Instagram at druard moss d-r-e-w-e-r-d-m-o-s-s so that's drew backwards and forward and moss palindrome um there's a link to it there or you can go to my twitter which is at drew underscore moss um both of those places have the link to the store oh or you can just follow me on facebook um which i didn't know did you know you can monetize facebook i did not know that no, but we may have to look into that now that we know. Once you get a certain amount of followers, you get an invite. I just got one. Nice. Uh, Very nice. Yeah, so I didn't know that you could do that. That's crazy. And you That's could do that on Instagram. I did that for a while, but they changed their structure of payouts, so it just stopped. I just stopped getting paid from it. Um, mm -hmm. Facebook is starting something called Stars where you pay for stars and when you like yep. content, they just star it and then you get paid from it. Um, oh, okay. and paid for reels. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so look into it. And I, if you look into it, there's like levels. And once you meet the goal of each level, once you get through all three, you're monetized. Nice. So, yeah, okay. I, I, did, I just love the yeah, has it. Of it. So when we go live, we go live on the DFPN Facebook yeah. site as well, and they oh, yeah, have it. Right. And it does yeah. have the stars icon. Yep. Up. And every now and then you can see the stars come through. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had one either. Uh, I'm like weird. I feel like it's like some weird dry begging. Uh, <laughs> be like, hey so guys, give me stars. When after this episode, we will. I will also share this over to your page, Drew. I'll, if it will let me do it. If not. Uh, I will make sure you get the link to this episode. That way you can go and share it on both your Instagram and your Facebook. Sure. And I also coming up, we have the Queens of Nerdum podcast, episode four, where they're going to be going over the Rogue Gallery from DC. They're going to be, actually, they just posted up the episode. I believe it's August 12th. I believe we're going to go 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. again. Yeah, and uh, followed shortly. I think a, yeah, a week later. Check out um, to see if the from the polls if the person you voted for was selected. As far as out of the Gotham menagerie of villains, there um, a lot of people put in their opinions, and we'll see which ones the queens are going to cover for us and give us some in depth analysis. Yep, and then shortly after that, we're going to have episode two 
of the USD podcast roll out where we're going to continue our journey through the Predator and Alien franchises, people. And we're going to come out with a new format for the next episode that we've all hashed out. And we, we really like the way it's going to be going here forward. And it, we still make, make some tweaks to that as well. Cool. And uh, by all means, anyone, thank you all for tuning in. But uh, from here, you know, you check out any of the, the um, information in these series, uh, these interviews, our episodes, the Queen's. You have inputs let us know you know we're always willing to to, to look at things and um you know facts you guys find or if you guys have a, opinions or alternate information let us know and uh and, go ahead. i was gonna close it out if you got one more i'll let you get it in before i close this out i was just gonna say once again thanks to dfpn uh Thank you for all their support and their information and uh, uh, letting us be part of this great uh, experience. Yep, and and thank you, that. Drew. Thank you so much for coming out. Absolutely, Drew. You're, you're more than welcome back here anytime. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, I'm going to hustle Scott and I'm going to get us a joint venture at the at the comic book shop. <laughs> yeah, let me know, Jeff. I'll be out there as soon hey, as I'll get I'll get us all out here. Yeah. That'd be fun. All right, I'll Drew. Anytime, man. Uh, you guys are awesome. It was fun talking to you, and uh, uh, yeah, I had a good time. Great. Thank you, Drew. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this podcast has been USD and approved. Y'all have a good night. Dude, I didn't expect him to like disappear so fast, but I guess it's kind of late. I can't hear you now. <laughs>